You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Hello, hello, once again. I think we're the only people who can dance to a news theme song. Is that a news theme song? In my head, it is. In your head, it is. It's very serious. That's my favorite part of the show, is to dance before we begin. Right? We dance all through the show. Oh, absolutely. It gets you in that mood. Right? This is Outspoken. For everybody who has just tuned in, it's your boys on your crazy hot Sunday. It's your boys. That's right. So, check-in time. We're going to real quick check-in. The holidays were this week, so hopefully you all enjoyed that. That's all we're going to say about it. Good. (laughs) That's all we're going to say. Because we have a pressing matter, we, we are do. getting ready for a 5K, everybody. And I the love that boys. we're getting ready now, yeah. and it's six <laughs> and it's months in May. away. It's in May. Well, you have to start early. You have to preempt a strike. I do that. have to start early. I need to pre-train for Pre-pre-train. training. Pre-pre-train. That's you what I You have to I've train decided. for training. Mm-hmm. I know. Hashtag ready for the 5K. That's right. Doing it for a great cause. Um, Breakthrough you know, for brain tumors. Yeah. We're raising money for uh, kids that have brain tumors and for mm-hmm. the uh, research and everything. It's a great organization we're very thrilled to be teaming up but it was probably the only way i was going to get my rear end off the couch and do something yeah see good. see i knew to guilt trip you into doing this jonathan really you have to that. do it with me so now everyone's so the schmear is on board yeah kurt is on board as well yeah and so as is jenny jenny our, our one of our straight talk guests we had before. jenny clark she's mm-hmm. on the team and so is lana and Lara, sorry, Lara. Lara, not Lara. Lara, you're on the team too, and Lara, you're going to have to come in sometime and tell me how to say your (laughs) your last name, because I don't do names. But yeah, so our team has grown to five. Yes. Um, We give tips every week. That's right, every week. And last week's week's tip was breakfast. We wanted everyone to start with eating a healthy breakfast, and that means oatmeal and or a healthy cereal. That works too. Every day. Add fruit. Every day. Every single day. Every day. Because a lot of times we have excuses. Yeah. I, I, I rarely ate breakfast. Yeah, um, not, I, not I'm, good. I'm too busy. Got no time for that. Yeah. <laughs> but I made time for that. Kurt has had it every day. Kurt has done really well. The yeah. Schmearer is doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had it every day. And exactly. Health boy over yeah. here also. Okay, health boy. Is that that was not name? meant as yeah. an insult. <laughs> I, but I'll take it as such. If you would like. Yeah. Thank you for um, that. I'll take everything as an insult. But yeah, so breakfast and blueberry uh, oatmeal, that's 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 what you nice. had this morning. Yeah, I yeah. didn't have time also mm-hmm. this morning because okay. I woke up way past my alarm. Yeah. Everything <laughs> yeah. I had planned this morning wrong. And then I'm driving into work and there's this huge accident on the freeway. And then I'm stuck there. So I just ran through a drive-thru and got, got oatmeal. Oatmeal. But well, there's a new your tip heart. for this week. There is a new tip. So the next thing we want everyone to start doing is to walk more so that that doesn't mean go and do your nightly walk yet that means park further away when you go into the grocery store so you have that extra you know what 50 steps to get there and don't go through a drive-thru do not go through a drive-thru walk up to a drive-thru take the steps instead of the elevator simple things if you have an iphone it has that nifty little uh health whatever and it tells you how many steps you take every day Mm -hmm. and then i go to the gym you know, yeah. and so that's my favorite thing because I'm on the elliptical lip syncing and doing my thing and it, I get like 5,000 steps in. So Yeah, hey, that's I, I like that's that. That's the way to do it. Lip sync and That's how elliptical. come I earned my drive through this morning because I did gym last night. Yeah, you're excused so, just this morning. I was. Just this Anyways, once. great yeah. ways. Little steps we're starting because we have 
a ways to go mm-hmm. uh, before. So we want to help everybody start little. But remember, if you want to join us uh, in March when we start getting out there and doing full training, you c- we will tell you where we're at. You can come train with us. Mm-hmm. If you sign up now, we will give you tips every week. We will send you fun articles so that you can stay on board with us. Remember, not only are you getting healthier, but we're doing it for a really good cause. Um, So to be on board with us, please send your name, your email, your phone number to listeners at hotmesssunday.com. And the Schmearer back there will uh, get in touch with you and make sure it's all good. But hey, five people on the team so far. Five people. And this this 5K is May 16th. So don't forget, mark that on your calendar. Exactly. So join now. You can join all of us. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're Mm -hmm. crazy. So Kurt and I will be dead on the side of the uh, 5K. But Sergey will be there. (laughs) <laughs> to help you out. I'll carry you. I will um, carry you single-handedly. Really quick, as I'm, mm-hmm. m- as I'm getting healthier, I do want to share what I call hashtag fat guy problems. So I keep having food-related <laughs> injuries. I, it keeps <laughs> happening. So, And I love that I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of skinny people yeah. as I share this with all of you. Yeah. No. So like a few months back, I this is horrible. I ate pasta too soon, I guess. Too, and it like burned my throat. So for three yeah. days, I could hardly speak. Mm-hmm. Who who does that happen to? It happened yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. And then yesterday I did my workout. I'm feeling good. I lost some weight and I'm making a pork chop with some vegetables, being all healthy, mm-hmm. right? Get the pork chop out of the oven and I think I have no patience. So I think I'm just going to cut off a corner uh, of this pork chop. <laughs> okay. It's going to be fine. And so I'm going to taste it, make sure the seasoning is right, right? Well, the, the fork got all hot, messy, and weird. And so the all of a sudden, the pork chop <laughs> thing turns, and it sits on my lip. And now I have, like, this third-degree weird-looking... Blister burn. Bur- yeah. yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah I'm yeah. like, yeah. so it's a good thing I don't have a date. It looks like herpes. <laughs> it does. And there's a blister on my lip, and it's horrible. And that is a food-related injury. So just a word of caution, everybody. Be careful with breathe. hot food. Breathe. With Let that food, food cool down. Yeah. Don't get. Too, you know when you're starving, like I am, because yeah. my calories have been cut. You just go for it, and exactly. this is what happens, though. You could almost say, "Don't eat that food too spoon." You're welcome. That was. You're horrible. welcome. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> All right, on, that made on, me cry. On on that bombshell, we're going to um, go into a song break. We're going we to listen to. Uh, Johnny McGovern, because we're going to have him on in the second hour. Um, and turns out you cannot listen to a lot of his songs on no, the radio. It so feels like when we interviewed Caswell, and we I can. had to tell him that he needed to do some radio edits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His whole new album, like, virtually can't listen to it. So, exactly. Same with Johnny yeah. McGovern. You can They're listen to it, same. and it's fun to work out to. You just can't play it on radio. Ever. Just saying. All right. So here's Johnny McGovern with Gayest of All Time. You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And these are your hot mess Sunday outspoken boys. Yeah, and we have a studio full of people today. There's a lot of gay men in here. There's a lot of gay. We have our own gayest Mm -hmm. of all time party going on here. A little bit. Um, But it's for an important thing that we want to talk about. We're actually having a panel Sunday where we will be talking about Mm -hmm. something that's been in the news. Actually, more and more every week, there's more and more articles about PrEP. Yeah, it's a growing topic. It is. And what's fascinating to me is the amount of opinions Mm -hmm. that are out there that maybe aren't based on a lot of fact, maybe are. I'm just just fascinated by the crazy amount of non-information going around. And I've talked to Mm -hmm. a lot of great people. Well, we decided, you know what, we want to know what you're, you know, a group of gay men sitting around in a studio. 
what we know. We didn't do a ton of research. We didn't go out there and try to get all the professional stuff. This is all pre, like foreshadowing. Pre-prep. 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 You are good at these. I know. I I work on it. Because we are going to have a show in February where we'll Mm -hmm. be talking to some experts and doctors about prep. Till then, we are going to welcome our panel to Hot Must Sunday right now to Outspoken. We have Blaine Stum. He is currently the chair of the Spokane Human Rights and chair of the INBA Public Policy Committee here in Spokane. We have Kyle Richardson. He is the prevention coordinator at Spokane AIDS Network, as well as a, a lot of other community uh, uh, involvement in his life there. And Morgan, uh, you are here. Everybody knows you. You are one of the DJs. <laughs> all the Oh, I'm sorry. He's a, a QJ programmer on a Thursdays QJ. at 6 p.m. I, of our... That might QJ. That That's might say it right here. DJ. Does it say QS as in queer sounds oh. every Thursday from <laughs> oh, 6 to 8 p.m.? Yeah. <laughs> Q- Maybe. Queer sounds. QJ. But since I have the paper in my hand and the mic, I'm going to say it says QJ. QJ. <laughs> Whatever I thought need. maybe he's yeah. not a DJ. Maybe he's a queer J. Um, I like it. Queer J. Of our favorite huh. uh, sister brother program. I'll say them both. Queer J? Queer as sounds. in queer jockey? Um, yeah. Okay. That works. Sure. I'll Thursdays at 6 p.m. Uh, he is the youth program director of Odyssey Youth Center. He's also the vice president of the board of the North Idaho AIDS Coalition. We welcome you boys to Outspoken. Thank you so much for being here. We're kind of sharing mics over in this area. Thank you for having us. That was very creepy. Yeah. <laughs> just a little just bit. Pop this here. Does this work for you? Okay, sweet. There Thanks you for go. having us. Uh, yeah. we, <laughs> we, are thrilled, we are thrilled to have you yeah. here. Let's start talking a little bit about what kind of our opinions are uh, sitting around mm-hmm. a bunch of gay men of what you've heard. What are your opinions of of PrEP? And uh, by the way, I, I did some research and I know it's pre-exposure prophylaxis. That's good. You know what the acronym stands for. I do. So let's talk a little bit about PrEP. First of all, we'll start with you, Blaine. Yeah. What do you know? Mm-hmm. What is it? What is PrEP? PrEP is a, a drug that people can take to reduce the risk of HIV and AIDS transmission. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like you, have heard a lot of lot of stuff about it. Uh, most of it, though, it has sadly been on the more, like, slut-shaming side of things. There's where a lot of slut-shaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On, or j- just shaming. Yeah, exactly. Particular. Actually, Kyle, when we spoke to you at San, you mentioned a term I hadn't heard before that's going around. Uh was it prep horror? Or that's yes, exactly yeah, that's what the one. it was. Yeah, prep you hear Truvada horror mm-hmm. as well. Truvada horror. Is that weird? Yeah, just yeah. That? Just yeah. grab it when you yeah. need it. Truvada horror. <laughs> so that's going around. Let's talk about as you are uh, in your role at San. Do you see a lot of this kind of, I don't know, shame going around with it? Are people afraid to ask? Um, I don't think people are afraid to ask. I, I think that when people do ask, they are honestly not knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of questions. Um, so I get a lot of questions of like, first of all, what is it? They think it's like a vaccine. It's not quite a vaccine because it's not one, it's not something that you take once and then yeah, you're yeah. forever like immune to HIV. You, it's something that you continually take. Like you take a pill every day for the time mm-hmm. that you're on it. Um, so yeah, I think that people are just more confused. They want to know how to access it. Um, which is kind of a problem in our community, in the Spokane mm-hmm, community mm-hmm. of access and stuff like that. But I, from my experience, I think there's been some healthy um, inquisitions about PrEP. And I've heard a few bad things more mm-hmm. in the community um, when I talk to people. So I do a lot of HIV testing and counseling mm-hmm. 
where I work. Mm-hmm. Um, we do free HIV ca- testing and counseling for people with elevated risk of HIV. And so I think that uh, people that I see are kind of in that mindset of wanting to explore options for uh, for protecting themselves from HIV. Right. But um, definitely, you know, I, I agree with Blaine, more out in the community. And especially people from larger cities, I hear a mm-hmm. lot of kind of that negative connotation with PrEP. Well, you know, we we threw out a question on our Facebook page and and a bunch of Facebook pages, and one of the things we one of the comments we got was that they feel like people are going to use it as an excuse for um, risky behavior in sex and not for what they feel it should be used for. Um, do you see that coming up a lot? Yeah, and is it it's our kind business? of that, it's kind of that moral police. Yes, um, it's not what I feel it should be used for, mm-hmm. and I question. I mean, what do you feel it should be used for? That's kind of the first question that I want right. to ask people. Right. But it's a lot like, and Morgan, I want to ask you, you work with the kids. The children. Do, the children. The youth. Yeah. Do they, does this come up with them at all? Is it even something that's touched their, you know, their brain right now that it's out there? Or have you noticed anything like that? Yeah. And I really appreciate it because as they're having those first initial conversations about sexual health, mm-hmm. this is in the news. So now instead of, uh, you know, when our generation, it might have been, you know, condoms or talking about lube. Uh, now they've thrown prep into that vocabulary. Sure. Uh, and so hopefully that with that generation, as they grow older, it will eliminate a lot of that stigma. Uh, and I think with the conversation about where should it be used, I know that when I was working in HIV prevention, uh, I only recommended it twice because that was a year and a half ago. Uh, and both times were when it was in a serodiscordant relationship where one positive, one negative person mm-hmm. in a relationship together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a lot of conversation about it. Uh, just because that's really the only situation where I see it as uh, making a ton of sense, you know? Like, I think it's good everywhere, but right there, I mean, that's what it's really, in my opinion, made for. Right, exactly, for the relationship so you can, yeah. you know, protect your partner and yourself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um so a question about the youth and education, you know, a lot of the times we, we know it's important to focus on sex education yeah. um, and how to better protect yourself and how to be better sexually active, even though there's a lot of, you know, um, backlash from that from Absolutely. conservative communities. Yeah. Do you think that PrEP has received enough education or, you know, information? No. No? No, definitely not. And mm-hmm. especially if you're talking with youth. Uh, right. it, I think school systems in general are really far to move forward. Uh, and even more so with sex education, it's even harder sure. to move forward. Uh, sure. We're still stuck on schools talking about whether we should give out condoms or that's, not. Exactly. Yeah, I that's mean, that's thing. what I feel like how <laughs> We're still far stuck back on schools the conversation teaching creationism. Is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Exactly. So our schools are not moving forward nearly yeah. fast enough. <laughs> yeah. What I do appreciate is that there are organizations in the community who are talking about PrEP, like sure. Odyssey. So sure. that's right. great. Exactly. And so my question, you know, Kyle, you brought up uh, an interesting kind of like the moral police you, you mentioned. Um, I find this interesting. Isn't this a lot like the same conversation we had with Plan B? I mean, that we're still having with Plan B, which is, you know, there's a lot of backlash when that first happened because talk about something called a slut drug, you know. Yeah. Do I want to know and I want to know from each of you, do is there a place for a moral value to be placed on a medication because it's based on a value system that not necessarily is shared by everyone. Do we have a right as a society to place moral values on that? Neither here nor there what I think about it. I'm curious about that part of the conversation. We got so many comments about with the prep horror and it's an excuse. We got the word excuse a lot. I just want to know from each of you, Kyle, we'll start with you uh, about that. I know it's yeah. a big, heavy question. It is a big, heavy question. So, um, 
I feel like there were several different elements to your question. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're normal. I'm trying are. to backtrack. Yeah. Okay, so one of the things you mentioned was with, like, with, with Plan B, it, kind of that moral, should it be available? Should mm-hmm. we be using it? Um, that's one example. But even when you look at uh, malaria, we've all heard of malaria. They're, the drug, if you're going to a country that where malaria is prevalent, they put you on a pre-exposure prophylaxis where you take a pill while you're down there to prevent malaria. It's been around for a while. Antacids, Prevacid or whatever, it's probably copyright, but whatever. That <laughs> is, you take medicine before you get heartburn. Mm-hmm. You know, what causes heartburn? Eating, you know, a lot of, for, not all the time, but for a lot of people, maybe eating unhealthy. Yeah, fatty But foods. that's something that's so accepted in the community. And we don't place judgment on those things because I think right. it is more of a widespread issue. But when you start talking about unprotected sex, um, or even protected sex, mm-hmm. Sex. Sex in general. Yeah. 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 I mean, people are, if you have condoms out in the community, people are just super offended by that. Right. So I think, yeah, yeah, I think the fact that that this drug is associated with sex, same with with the HPV vaccine, it's associated Mm -hmm. with sex, it becomes this negative thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I look at it as really, it's just another option or even added security for HIV prevention. Mm -hmm. Um, Condoms, we've... Condoms, I, I for a long time it was like condoms work. Mm-hmm. Let's push condoms. Mm-hmm. They do work. Condoms mm-hmm. are very effective. Um, but there are still people who don't always use condoms. Actually, most of the people that I talk to in the community, mm-hmm. they use condoms. They they always use condoms, but not one hundred percent of the time. It right. could be if they go out drinking. That's a big thing. Sure. Partying in yeah. that community. So when I talk to people about about prep. I really look at it as, look, you know, you use condoms most of the time. There's sometimes you don't use condoms, mm-hmm. and it's if you're partying, that may even put you at higher risk. There's this option of prep. Um, so I don't think of it as – I think people look at it as, yes, oh, my gosh, these people, it's giving them permission to have unprotected sex, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though it's not recommended that right. they don't use condoms on the drug. Um, the reality is some people will. Um, it's just that extra added layer of protection. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Blaine, what do you think about this? You know, I love putting people in front. <laughs> yeah, I'm just name the no, name. It's like, I'm so sorry, now. but it's just in my head. What do you think? I think uh, I agree mostly with what Kyle said, but I I would even go further and say that like when you're saying to someone, you know, oh well, you're just taking this because you want to have sex. Well, so what? Like, what does that what does that mm-hmm. matter? A like right. sex is perfectly natural. We all mm-hmm. do it, mm-hmm. and those who don't are missing out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Frankly, like this idea that if someone has sex, whether it's whether it's quote unquote protected or not, that they're going to be free from risk mm-hmm. completely right. is is totally is, untrue. Because even even prep is not one hundred percent. Just like a condom is not. I mean, sex is protected. sex is a a time where you're really vulnerable, right? Just in general, yeah. and that mm-hmm. to me that's a a good thing. You're being able to show that to somebody, right? And instead, we kind of shame people about it, make mm-hmm. it feel dirty, mm-hmm. but it's not right. It right, just, and it's I, a totally yeah. yeah, and that and that brings up a whole new side of the story, you know, sex positivity and sex yep. positive culture. Like we we should be pushing a lot more conversations about sex, but instead we shame well, it. So that's, I mean, that's that's a whole big picture too. Well, and the, I think the problem too is that mm-hmm. when you get to that kind of a discussion, right. you're not helping people who are living with HIV. You're not helping people who are living with these diseases. Mm-hmm. You're driving it further underground right. when you put a stigma on it, which makes right. it even harder for us to deal with it. Well, and I think it's even further proof, I think, that um, 
coming out as HIV positive is difficult enough as it is. But I also think there's that extra societal, I'm going to say this and they're going to be judging me because mm-hmm. the first yeah. thing they go to is sex. First thing, Ellen DeGeneres notoriously said it in a, in a stand-up she had, which is the quickest way to divide anyone is to talk about their sex. Quickest way. Mm-hmm. Blaine, as you work, you know, you work with the Blaine. Hi, Blaine. You mean Your Morgan. Name is Morgan. Morgan. But see, no yeah. one out there knew that. Yeah. <laughs> but Morgan, I apologize. Until now. Mor- right? <laughs> Morgan, as you work, you know, you've worked in HIV prevention. Yeah. Um, you're, you work in Idaho uh, yeah. with the AIDS Network there. You work with kids. Yeah. We all operate on our own value system already. Yeah. Kids is, a, you know, makes that even more, I think, focused because we want to do what we think is right. How do you, do you find, first of all, do you find a moral implication to a drug like this? And how do you filter that when you're working with kids? Uh, so my first rule of thumb is when it comes to education, you don't filter, uh, especially when you're working with an older population. Uh, it's it's really a, um, well, you know, it's kind of like when you talk about sexual health education in schools. If you're talking about middle schools and high schools, mm-hmm. You'll have the people that will say, uh, you can't teach this to my kids because then they're going to go have sex. Right. Uh, and that's that's statistically not how it works. Uh, they may be discovering it for the first time, but unless those urges are like, curbed into that direction, they're not just going to go hump like rabbits. You know, I yeah. mean, <laughs> people have a moral compass and their parents do as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so really, it's about education and opening it up to them. Uh, but my, my answer to that is to not stop there, you know, to encourage them to look further and then have conversations about it. Because if you're just educating for two hours in a, in a sexual health classroom, it's not going to go anywhere. Right. Yeah. You're right. bored right away. It doesn't matter if the yeah. word sex is in the title. You're, yeah. just, get, mm-hmm. you're just bored. Yeah. yeah, you need a conversation with your parents, with your yeah. friends. with Sure. Yeah. Well, I think Older that's people. the key. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Is let's Open talk the conversation. about it. I will, I'll be the first to tell you, when until this year and the article started popping up in The Advocate and Huffington and out and, you know, anywhere on Facebook, I hadn't paid a lot of attention Prep had been back here, mm-hmm. you know, in the back of my head. I had heard it somewhere. And now all of a sudden it's coming to forefront. And I realized because of just the way I live my life, I just hadn't thought about it, um, which means I'm a monk. Uh, <laughs> but I realized we need to have a conversation because I don't know anything about it. I feel like I do know that this America is not the first country to have this. You know, mm-hmm. Africa had this. But we're making a lot of decisions based in this country on um, moral, religious well, grounds. And also to base uh, the possibility of not only, you know, eradicating, but also, you know, curing and getting rid of AIDS, but basing that on a moral thing, I, I don't know that that's completely moral. You know, just to say that because I don't believe uh, you should do a certain thing, we shouldn't have a drug to prevent that, you know? Right. There, there are so many other reasons that people also have HIV and AIDS that we should... Continue yeah. through that because it's not just because you have sex or it's not just because right. you're gay. There are a load, a load of other I reasons. I think we as a public are so used to sensationalizing everything. Right, we exactly. boil it down. To right. Yeah. Can I get back to that moral question? Yeah. You mentioned Africa, and I think yeah. that yeah. Um, that people's impressions and how their morals play into their image and idea of how of how of whether prep is moral or not. Yeah. I hear a lot of people like, oh, I think it's great in Africa where it's being, you know, there was one of the major studies, I mm-hmm. think the first major or maybe the second major study was done in Africa among the whole population. Like, oh, I think it's great in Africa where HIV is so prevalent. But then 
in the states here we're looking at it more of among zero discordant couples so yeah. a couple where mm-hmm. one person's pot of positive one's negative looking at gay men looking at um people that inject drugs and it's like instantly i mean we, we talked about already mm-hmm. but it's a perfect example mm-hmm. of it's okay in africa but in the right. u.s uh no because they're doing something that i don't personally approve of well it's, right. it's it reminds me so much of my dad growing up my dad would say totally okay if we had a gay neighbor I would totally, you know, bring them a pie and welcome them. <laughs> it was a whole other story when it was in his house and his son was gay. Same thing. In Africa, we can put it far enough out and go, no, they really need it. Yeah. Here yeah. at yeah. home, we won't stand for it. And I do feel like we're going to get a letter from Pat Robertson. I just want to say that. <laughs> I really hope he's listening. I'll be <laughs> yeah, honest. He's our favorite person. Yeah. <laughs> but, Kyle, coming from Spokane Ains Network, yeah. what do you, or are you there yet, do you foresee your challenges are going to be as... I mean, obviously, we're going to be talking more and more about PrEP. Um, it's going to hopefully become more and more available. What do you see the challenges of Spokane AIDS Network uh, with this new drug? I think one of the challenges is is having, and it is a challenge right now, actually, mm-hmm. is finding providers to refer people to, people that have questions about it. You know, I might be able to screen them and give them more information, but ultimately a provider or a doctor is going to have to be the one that sits down with them and says, okay, here's your risk factors. This would be a good option for you, or this would not be a good option for you. Um, I mean, there's a lot to it. It's not just yeah. taking a pill. Yeah. There's labs yeah. involved. There's costs. There's things to help cover costs. Yeah, and we don't but, even we haven't even gotten to that where we even think about, oh, my goodness, is my yeah. insurance going to cover it? If it's not, what is mm-hmm. it going to cost me? Because if it's anything related to what um, HIV drugs cost, if you don't have insurance, it's an yeah. astronomical. It's, it's, it's yeah. pretty much, I mean, Truvada is... A drug mm-hmm. that's given an, a drug option for people living with HIV. Um, there, it's a different regimen, so sure. that's why they call it PrEP. It's a little different, right. but the actual drug itself is the same drug. So it is expensive. And um, I think so another another challenge I think we have is Spoken AIDS Network. We have case managers to help people living with HIV. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that it would be great if we could, as PrEP becomes more available, have PrEP case managers where you have somebody that kind of helps coach and and helps people that are on prep um number one like figure out if they're not taking their pills every day how to do sure, that yeah um talking to their partners whatever right i think mm-hmm. that'd be awesome well and i you know i'll find this is interesting okay so if you go on a lot of dating sites you will we start to notice now anybody well anybody who's on there or single know that people will put in their profile i'm on prep yeah Oh, really? Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen that. it automatically makes you go, why are you telling me you're on prep? A lot of times, you know, it's because they want you to know, hey, I can do what's considered risk behavior. Mm-hmm. It's important to note something out there, I think, which is this isn't a cure. This does not fix, you know, it's exactly what it says. It's prevention. It's prophylaxis. Right. It's, a, you know, it's the medical version or it's the medication version of a condom. And I think people... A lot of people out there are thinking, hey, this fixes everything. I'm just going to pop this pill, and we're going to be okay. That's that's not what it is. Have you – anybody have an opinion on this? I'm not trying to I, – I, I actually was kind of as, as surprised as Kyle was because I'm on the, the dating apps quite a bit. And I, right. I, almost everybody that I talk to, nobody wants to, to even mention it. I mean, it kind right. of seems really below the surface. And if I it gets brought up at all, the guy – one of the guys that you'll talk to will be like, oh, well, we can't talk anymore. 
Interesting. Well, wow. I'll tell you, and it, it also depends on the city. It does. Let, let's say Cities, you're talking to someone where the population of that city yeah. is, you know, L.A. or San Francisco or New York or whatever. It does seem more prevalent in those mm-hmm. cities. Yeah. San Francisco, I'm sure. Right? Oh, yeah. Where yeah. they say, hey. Well, even even Seattle uh, and Washington would, would be much more prevalent right. than Spokane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is another barrier, though. Going back to your original question, is as Blaine mentioned, you, no one wants to mention it, at least in Spokane. Yeah. Right. The stigma. Sure. I mean, that's probably back to fundamentals. That's the biggest barrier is what is this? Start thinking about it in a new light and mm-hmm. reduce the stigma mm-hmm. so that we can have more open communication, exactly. which I think this program is awesome that you guys are having this conversation. Oh, we're having for, him yeah. back. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you compliment us? about anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Magic words. I guess I'm just uh, – we're going to take a quick break here and then come back with this, this panel. But um, I'm very curious about us in our personal lives, what we think about prep. So I'm going to kind of go around and to all of us, even Sergei on the hot seat mm-hmm. about this option that's out there. I want us to talk a little bit about that. But before we are going to take a quick song break once again, we're going to listen to Odessa and this is Say My Name featuring Zira. You are listening to Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 92.3 FM and this is KYRS without Spokane. <laughs> I botched that awesome. one up so <laughs> Bad, but it's okay because it's okay because you guys still support me and everything I do. And speaking of support, Outspoken does receive support from Rick Singer Photography at 415 and a half West Main Avenue in downtown Spokane, offering natural light portraits, passport and visa pictures, copy and restoration of old pictures and private instruction. More information at 838-3333 and online at ricksingerphotography.com. I cannot make it through this. And Outspoken is also funded in part with a grant from the Pride Foundation. Information at pridefoundation.org. Welcome back. If you've just joined us, we do have a community panel of uh, some professional gay men in Spokane. And we're talking about PrEP. Uh, Most likely, Mm -hmm. if uh, you've been online at all, there have been articles kind of popping up on Facebook uh, over the last year, really, Mm -hmm. um, in The Advocate, and so many op-ed pieces. And a lot of conversation in the community, too, uh, happening. I've I've definitely noticed a lot of people talking about it, and I've been asked questions about PrEP, too. um, So that's kind of interesting to hear and to see. It's it's very interesting, and I'll tell you, we have Mm -hmm. uh, quite a... uh, a well-versed panel here today. Um, but Kyle Richardson is the prevention coordinator at Spokane AIDS Network. I want to talk to you a little bit about there's been some studies, and there is a, a kind of a, an updated study. Uh, kind of go with us first about what the first study was and then where we when the new study came into place. Yeah, so the first study was called IPREX. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that stands for, but <laughs> it was a study among um, – Gay men, there may have been trans women involved in that as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really kind of the first study among the, the gay and, um, and trans population for PrEP as a prophylactic uh, to kind of, you know, reduce HIV infections. So that one went really well, and it was very promising. And it was like, I think, 75% efficacy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they recently did one. It was like an extension called IPREX OLE. I call it Iprex Ole because it sounds Ole funny. Ole. <laughs> it's very gay. Yeah, yeah it is gay. That, maybe that's why I like it so much. Um, but no, they actually just released the results at the International AIDS Conference in 2014, which was in mm-hmm. Melbourne. And basically, they found out that um, so people, you know, the idea of prep is that you take a pill every day while you're on the regimen for as long as you and your doctor think you should be on it. Sure. And um, 
but the issue is it's hard to take a pill every day. Like people aren't adhere it. I can't even take my antibiotics till the bottle's empty, right? Like right. right. Yeah. It can be difficult. Yeah. I know. We we all get distracted. <laughs> and we know the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. Sure. So uh, but they found they can um on these studies they measure the amount of drug in a person's blood and then they can determine how how many people take have or how often people have taken that drug. Because sure. we know that mm-hmm. some people lie and oh yeah, I oh, took yeah. it every day and they really didn't. Yeah. yeah. So but they found that people that took it um that actually took two to three doses per week were um, 83, I think it was 83, but no, actually 80%, 86%, mm-hmm. um, it was effective. Wow, Basically 86%. an 86% efficacy. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. And the people that took at least four doses a week in this particular study, it was 100% effective. Wow. So, so even amazing. if they missed a couple doses, yeah. That's not to say miss your doses because it's really important that you take yeah, every yeah, dose. Yeah, of course. We're not telling uh, you to get lazy. <laughs> yeah, We're and, saying. <laughs> exactly. And this study had 1,603 participants in it. So, I mean, wow. um, it's a pretty big study, but still, uh, I think that some people look at the studies, oh, that's horrible. You're telling people not to take their doses. Mm-hmm. And I really don't right. think that's it. It's We're really saying that, you know, there is some evidence that this drug works. Right, right. There is an issue of not taking your, well, your drugs. And but when do we get to the point where we're grownups? And yeah. shouldn't life be about, we're going to give you mm-hmm. all this information. Mm-hmm. And in the end, the decision is yours. It's also kind of what I feel about people who, who we moralize a drug when what goes on in the bedroom is nobody's business. But mm-hmm. we're telling you. Here is a lot of information that can be really good for you. Now you go make a big boy, big girl decision. That's right. public I mean. health right there. I mean, right, that's exactly. Really it. This exactly. is the information. But I that's not how you. we work, yeah. unfortunately. It's not. It's, it's how I work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's how I work, but we like to blame. You know what I mean? I want to blame someone because yeah. mm-hmm. it's easier mm-hmm. than I don't have to take responsibility. Right, exactly. And it, and see, this information is really important, and not just for the community, but for the doctors out there because there aren't very many doctors who you know know much about prep and you know there are nurses out there who don't even know what prep is it's it's kind of an interesting situation where um even the medical field doesn't know enough about it to tell or recommend it to you know people who need it so that's it's let's, still let's share this even though it's been i think going on over mm-hmm. here with studies and stuff for the last few years i actually did speak to a nurse and uh they asked about the show and what are you talking about this week and i said prep and mm-hmm. they said what is that? And I thought uh, they were yeah. kidding. Uh, so, of yeah. course, being me, I make a funny comment that's offending them because I basically am acting, you know, pretending like they're stupid if they're not stupid. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean it that way because yeah. I thought they were making a joke. And then I found out very quickly they were not. And that's scary. In the medical field, it's we still have so far to go. You know, you mm-hmm. mentioned, Kyle, that mm-hmm. in Spokane, you know, to find a doctor who is going to – it's not like a, like San Francisco where you probably have – a lot of options that currently there just isn't yeah. here. And yet again, it's because of where we're at. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I don't know if it's funny or sad no. or great. You can look at it any way you want. Sure. So many <laughs> options. There are resources. There are yeah. actual. I found some actually. I was doing some research for this show. And there are PD, you know, online mm-hmm. booklets for if you're a doctor and you're not an HIV specialist, mm-hmm. this is what PrEP is. This sure. is things to consider. If you're talking to a patient who comes to you and wants to be on it, there are so many resources. University of Washington has a hotline. I don't know the number, but it's a hotline oh. for providers. But, but the Schmear will track that down for you and put it on our site, right? <laughs> I He's will. on it. I He's flipping me off back there, but he'll do that for us. Will he? Yeah. Oh, nice. The yeah. Schmear. The Schmear. Like Schmear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's for providers. That's the one thing. You can't right. be like just someone right, right. calls them. Right. But mm-hmm. if you have questions okay. or you want something cleared up, they will... 
they can help you. Sure. Yeah. And that's really important to have. I mean, well, in, in, in any community, really, that hotline and someone to ask those questions are, uh, right. for or wait, well, hold on. Let me rephrase that. Someone to ask those questions to. Um, I Thank had you. a little seizure. It's fine. Um, <laughs> because you can't ask the doctors a lot of the times. They don't. Right. Well, they don't do that. People always say well, the first thing I did when I came into Spokane was mm-hmm. just do a, a message to uh, a gay bulletin board on Facebook. And I said, who knows a really gay friendly doctor? And yeah. I was actually attacked and said, you don't have to ask that anymore. That's ridiculous. Let me be the first to tell you. I had to sue a doctor years ago because he actually said to my face, actually, I'm not going to be able to help you because you're gay. Mm-hmm. I, not okay. So don't tell me. These are still important things as gay men to ask. And if you don't have to ask it, awesome, you go. But why do we take down the, why do we take down in our community? I feel like that's a lot of what this drug is as well. The slut shaming, the prep horror, Mm -hmm. the, is we attack each other. And and that, I don't, Morgan, do you have a thought? Yeah, (laughs) I do. Uh, and a cough. But, yeah, okay, well, so <laughs> I think a lot of it, uh, we haven't really brought it up explicitly. We've kind of jumped around it a bit. But it's a um, a kind of a risk reduction model instead of just saying that it's it's the, the risk elimination, right? So mm-hmm. we talk about, like, best case scenario, somebody's uh, – well, best case scenario, when it comes to risk reduction, nobody's having sex. But right, that's not right. happening. So yeah. best case scenario, you know, somebody's using condoms, lube, and now could be on prep. Right. Uh, choosing partners who are regularly tested. All of these things are things in your tool belt that you can use to help pre- right. help prevent the spread of HIV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so funny to me that if someone is willing to pay the extraordinary amount of money that it takes to be on prep, take a pill every day, and still be sexually active and still engage in the community, that we look at that person and shame them that they're being right? so responsible for their health. And yet, How dare the you? Only yeah. Thing, yeah. The only thing we can think of is, you know, wow, you are such a slut. Like, why is right. that the first thing that we jump to right. instead yeah. of yeah. appreciating them yeah. and congratulating right. them for owning their sexual health? It's crazy. And that's important. Exactly. And even to a point where if you – I've heard this before. If you go and get regularly tested, um, I, I go – and get tested as as much as I can, as as much as I have to. And so, um, people people look at you and say, "Wait, are you having a lot of sex?" They will yeah. shame you for that alone. They yeah, will absolutely. shame you for being safe and responsible. Yeah, and I think you know you, you made a, uh, the one statement that really is that that um, reduction, yeah. that word reduction. That's important because because as I wrote down in my notes earlier, I'm like, so prep and condom, mm-hmm. right? That's like I would assume yeah. would be the the safe safe. Yeah. If you're, if you saw, there's an old movie, Jeffrey, way back years ago, and I love it, and it talks about are so afraid to have sex that you know you put a big condom on your whole body <laughs> and wear a condom, and now you can add prep, you know, to be as safe as possible. But this, I think, this drug alone brings up a conversation that we maybe skid around and we mm-hmm. don't have that's needed. You know, um, Kyle, you work in the very, you know, organization that you want to have these sexual health conversations morgan you work with the kids you're in government blaine and so that scares me on more (laughs) levels (laughs) um but i think it's a conversation as gay men as people that we Mm -hmm. need to be talking and take out the what i think about people who have sex you know that and just have the conversation because i would rather shouldn't we care more about our fellow man and keeping everybody Mm -hmm. safe than about oh i want to judge you right our morals and our social stigmas Yeah. yeah Well, and I think it's important, too, to be realistic. Kyle mentioned it earlier that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't use condoms. And yeah. the CDC did a study last year that found that only 15% of gay men use condoms consistently. 
Yeah. yeah. And so, how many studies have been showing that the risky behavior, like bareback sex and stuff, that that has gone on the increase over the last few years? You know, we become desensitized and maybe even, you know, a lot of guys uh, say that they can't get turned on unless it's some sort of risky behavior. Well, this mm-hmm. is a bigger problem. You know what I mean? This is more than this conversation here is about the tip of the iceberg of what we need to be talking about. And it's because we don't talk about how can we be safe. Um, sex is part of everyone's lives. Just how it is. Now, uh, really quick, just thinking, and I don't know, and I'm not going on where everybody is in their life, but at the point in your life, you would need, would this even be in your consideration, each of you, if you were at that point in life, would this would be an option? Is that an option you would even consider? Uh, so I'll, I'll just say that it is definitely an option I would consider. Uh, I don't think I have to consider it at the moment, but right. and it's something like said, to keep mm-hmm. in the tool belt. Mm-hmm. Kind of right. like Morgan said, you know, you have all these different strategies and it's always good, I think, to, to keep those things in mind. So that way, just in case something does come up right. where you find yourself dating someone maybe who's positive. Right. And so that way you understand, okay, mm-hmm. I can use a condom and take prep. Right. And this significantly reduces, you know, my chances of, of transmitting hiv exactly. things like that like that's always important to understand it doesn't mean you have to go out and use it right away but mm-hmm. right I, d- I mean i would definitely consider it gotcha we'll go over there and then we'll bring it back to kyle so morgan yeah i think i would i mean i would definitely consider it i think it's a um i'm gonna go for an analogy here stay oh, with yeah. me. Okay. 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 here we go right so as a kid if you're going mm-hmm. roller skating uh and you have one knee pad missing right you just can't find it Mm-hmm. You're not going to not wear the rest of your protective gear, right? I mean, you're, you're not going to leave your helmet in the garage because right. you can't find your knee pad. You're going to lose oh, that well. bit of protection and protect yourself right. as much as possible. Right. Uh, and so, you know, it's it's a helmet or a metaphorical knee pad in this case, you know. Wear it if you have it. Good analogy. Wow, Thanks. I like that. That was kind of deep. Yeah. I know, right? And for <laughs> Kyle. I know. I don't I don't have any awesome analogies either. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're out. That's yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely consider it. Um, I think... I think the point that I want to bring home, of course, if I were on prep, I would probably like, oh, I'm on prep, you know, just to try to reduce stigma because that's the nature of what I do mm-hmm, with sure. my job and talking about sex and stuff like that. But um, if I weren't in this position, I may not be out about being on prep. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean I wouldn't take it, but right. um, that's a, if, not all personal choices need to be public. Right. And Absolutely. I, I definitely think that there's evidence out there that um, prep works, especially when you use with condoms, mm-hmm. um, when used, you know, the, and we could talk about all the other different ways of reducing your risk because right. condoms aren't the only way. No. Mm-hmm. Morgan knows that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely would. I, you know, cost is definitely an issue. Um, oh, yeah. But there are, there's programs. Washington State has a program called PrepDAP. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, to help pay for your meds. If you don't have insurance, they'll pay for your medications. If you do have insurance, they'll pay for your copay. Uh, right. It doesn't cover any of the lab work. Remember when we talked about this? Mm-hmm. I got the yeah. answer. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the answer to our labs covered with prep app, it's not. Yeah. But if you're on Washington Apple Health mm-hmm. or Medicaid, yeah. all costs are covered, labs and prescription. And most private insurance covers it as well. Um, right. You know, the state couldn't really talk on that because pre- all private insurances are different. Right. Mm-hmm. But sure. they do know that. Most people that are on prep with their private insurances have not had any issues with getting the labs and the other stuff covered. And then prep, of course, will help cover those copays. Mm-hmm. Right. Your insurance right. doesn't mm-hmm. So, Sergey, my yeah. young friend. Yes. Same to you. Same question. Same question to me. Um, 
if I was in a situation where, you know, I was dating someone or in a relationship with someone who was positive, yeah, absolutely prep would be right. um, an option. I think I think this, the procedure there would be to talk and then to go to uh, a doctor, you know, see see if that would work for us. And honestly, all of all of the methods, condom, uh, prep, lube, all of it, you know, you right. can't you can't just be safe with just one method, even though um, studies show that prep is 100 percent effective if you if you take it. With the right doses. I wear a sexy hazmat suit when I. Yeah. <laughs> sexy. It's very. Ooh. It's very wow. sexy. Um, quick, quick correction. Yeah. yeah. On so we talked about that hundred percent. Yeah. The study technically says eighty six percent. Well, okay. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. I just want to clear that. Up. Yeah, absolutely. But I know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Important. I think what this, you know, what I knew it would do, and what mm-hmm. this conversation tells me is there's a lot more. Do we think there's going to come a day? Where I mean, condoms still has have a stigma, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, do we think there's going to come a day where that stigma calms a bit for prep? I mean, do we see hope in Spokane's future? Give me some hope, guys. Give I do. Hope. I love. I admire Morgan because he works with the younger yeah. generation, and yeah. I really mm-hmm. feel like like the world is in the younger generation's hands. And oh, every right. generation mm-hmm. that we move up, mm-hmm. things I happen. believe the children things are change. our future. They are. <laughs> yeah. And I think, and I appreciate, you know, the programs and the discussions that places like Odyssey yeah. Youth are having around mm-hmm. PrEP because mm-hmm. they're the ones that are going to eventually become our voters. Exactly. And help shape some policy. Yeah. And but, their sure. opinions now are what are going, yeah, is exactly what you yeah. said is what's going to shape our. Yeah. But PrEP our is still future. really new. And, um, you know, I think every, whenever, I think anything that when it's new, Except for maybe like iPhones and technology, but other than right, that, right. Like health stuff, especially yeah. health it stuff, takes a health while stuff, absolutely. Clear. Yeah, hmm. I, I I would agree with with Kyle, and I also think that as our understanding of prep and HIV continues to accelerate and deepen, like we've come to a place now where we're talking about prevention. Right. Which 20 years ago, you weren't talking about no. prevention. You were just mm-hmm. talking about making sure people didn't die. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Controlling I, the disease. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think I think there is hope. It's just it's not necessarily going to come as quick as we would want it to, but right. it's mm-hmm. going to be there at some point. Well, right. and I think it's very important in our community now that we have the conversations, whether it's just a group of friends. Mm-hmm. I just think it's important to to speak these things out loud. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. And I think that one of the things that I, uh, whenever I have conversations like this with anyone or when I was running prevention programs mm-hmm. in Spokane, uh, I would I would always challenge people to every time they buy a new package of condoms or every time they fill a condom bowl, uh, don't fill a condom bowl and don't put those in your dresser drawer. Instead, put them in a bowl on your counter or put them on your on your on top of your nightstand on top right. of your dresser. Uh, because even then, that's just showing people that you're proud that you're using health and that you're yeah. using caution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it starts those conversations. That's exactly what it does. And that alone, just having those conversations, can literally change the future of sexual health. And sure. that I completely mm. agree. That made me want to get up and preach. Go buy condoms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Buy, buy more condoms. Yeah. Than I'm not using. Um, no, but I agree there because I believe yeah. in conversation. Yeah. Lies power in conversation shines a light on things that we keep in well, the dark, and it's those things that we yeah. keep in the dark mm-hmm. that get to be ugly and distorted. Yeah. Absolutely. The longer we cover it up, the longer it stays hidden. I have a interesting question for Blaine, since you know you're on you know HRC and you do a lot of government related work. What we have, you know, a certain amount of time that we, you know, have to prevent this, and it's like you said, it's about when we get there, not if we get there, because we will get there. What do you think can be done um, 
on the government level to help I think, to endorse this. I think programs like the one we have here in Washington where we're helping mm-hmm. not only educate but increase access to the drugs yeah. is huge, um, especially because of the cost. I mean, it can range, but I've seen as high as like $1,500 Ooh. per Ow. Prescript, yeah, per month, yeah. and it's just like wow. I. That's that's like a paycheck for me right there. That's yeah. done. So exactly, that's massive. <laughs> uh, over. But then I think mm-hmm. too, you know, just making sure that we're getting word like that out there. I mean, right. Exactly. We don't have enough health agencies doing work like this. No, and mm-hmm. we need to see that you, more. Is and I think Kyle, do you have a, a comment to make? No, I just wanted the mic in front of me. Oh, okay, <laughs> um, I can totally relate to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Do you, I really think they're probably, I mean, it's going to be baby steps. I think, I mean, mm-hmm. health alone in this country, we don't deal with prevention. We deal with after the fact, and that's a problem. But I think, as I said, I think, I mean, I say as gay men because that's who I am and how I identify. But we need to start caring about the information we're given and being responsible about the way that we behave. And I don't care if, who you sleep with or what you do. I think it's just important we talk about responsibility to each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. if not to ourselves. And I think that's a problem in our community. And I hope that we can continue to have these conversations in order to maybe lessen it. But I think there needs to be a gigantic shift in the way we as a society react. And that, yes, I get it. That takes more than a month, a year. I get that. But it's no excuse to just say, well, it's not going to change, so let's not change. Mm-hmm. But I think this conversation needs to be part of it. That's true. It, it's the conversation and changing the way we think that has to kind of shape the the road we take exactly that's that's why we're loud that's why we're loud that's why we talk and have a show that's true exactly so i want to thank each and every one of you um that agreed which for us is always shocking <laughs> that people <laughs> want to do we this. reach out to people because it's always short notice you know i think i was talking to uh, <laughs> I was talking to uh, morgan about and you were in montana and i'm like oh yeah that's right people go home for the holidays yeah <laughs> i just landed at one o'clock this morning oh really you did not Are you oh serious? no oh yeah this is what we this love. This is why I love you. I love you boys so much that I would fly in this morning at 1 o'clock. You are literally the best. <laughs> I love that. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he's, he's there. You're welcome. No, yeah. I'm glad. Yes. I'm glad. Thanks for having me. It was me. great. Yeah. Every single of one of you were so nice to to say you did. Mm-hmm. So I want to, again, thank we had Blaine Stump, current chair of the Spokane Human Rights and chair of the INBA Public Policy Committee. We want to thank Kyle Richardson. He is the prevention coordinator at Spokane AIDS Network. And, of course, Megan, Morgan. Megan. Megan. Morgan. <laughs> Be- yeah, I know. Right. I told you names. Megan the QJ. <laughs> Morgan say Belleville. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So Morgan Belleville is a is a QJ. Um, is a program where he is a DJ on Queer Sounds, which is on KYRS on Thursdays at 6 p.m. And the youth programs director at Odyssey Youth Center. He's also the vice president of the board of the North Idaho AIDS Coalition. Uh, boys, it was more than a pleasure to have you here to have to start this conversation, as we're going to have many more in the mm-hmm. future. So thanks for taking time to be with us. Thank you, boys. And now we are Smile. going to take a quick song break before we move into our second hour in our interview with Johnny McGovern. Which is going to be so inappropriate. It's going to be fantastic. Um, so this song is going to be Sleepwalking by the Chain Gang of 1974. You are listening to KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. <laughs> This is outspoken. And that was the schmear. That was the schmear <laughs> screaming in the back. There's this little light above the door. I don't know if you've seen it, Kurt, but it says, on air. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. But go we, go back in your cave. We love you anyways. Thank you. Um, but at least we got confirmation Johnny McGovern is calling in just the wrong phone. Oh, yeah. So 
<laughs> we don't mind that at all. So he'll be calling soon. We're actually, we, uh, uh, <laughs> we are a hot mess, but we, we're, that's okay. we're excited. That was a fun first hour. Um, I enjoy conversation very mm-hmm. much, and especially about things that are important and uh, that we need to talk about. That's right. why the show was right. started. Right. So that was a fun conversation about prep. We will get that edited and put up so that you can listen. Remember, we always welcome any comments. You can email us, Facebook mm-hmm. us, Instagram us, Twitter us, whatever you want to do. Whatever you, we are there. Instagram but us. That's only you can just, take you a picture of yourself researching us. prep. That's true. That's you, true. You, you limit <laughs> us so okay. much. Oh, so this is great. And actually, we convinced uh, Morgan to hang out. He stayed in the in the studio. And uh, I believe Johnny is on my phone. Let me just say one more time. My phone. Just because he called me. Um, and uh, <laughs> Sergey is over there reminding him that we are FCC regu- <laughs> regulated here. Because he's hilarious, but... Um, also, he, he cusses like I do when I'm not on the air. So, That's right. All <laughs> right. I love this man. So, we have Johnny McGovern on air. The entertainer, the singer, the actor, the podcast host, the man of everything. The gay pimp. Gay pimp. Johnny, welcome to the show. Hello. What's up, you guys? Hey, not Hi. much. It is. I can't tell you how long I've been watching you and so how thrilling this is for me just to hear your voice talking to us. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna talk to you in a real sexy way. You have Jonathan's <laughs> melting over here. I am. You have such a gay Barry White going yeah. on. So that's the exactly what I've been going for all these years. Or should I say that's what I've been going for, baby? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Let me tell you, I'll work out, and I'm listening to your songs when I'm on the elliptical, and the whole you'll be doing your Barry White voice, and I'm like having to look around, making sure no one's staring at me because yeah. I'm getting all. I sweat a little more. So, oh, I'm bothered. I like it. Yeah. It's awesome. So, Johnny, so, thank you so much for taking the time for Outspoken, um, our little show out here in the Northwest. We want to start by, you know, we like to start by kind of getting an idea of where the artists have come from. And what's fascinating is to look at, you know, like you grew up in Egypt and Thailand, which I'll tell you, I have followed you, but that never, never did I know this. Can you... Tell us a little bit about how that upbringing informed you as the man you are today. Well, um, you know, I was born in Brooklyn, and when I was eight, I moved to Thailand Mm -hmm. and lived there for five years, and then moved to Egypt when I was 13 and lived there all the way through high school. So I was great. I got a global perspective. I got to travel around a lot. And American pop culture for me was always in big doses once or twice a year. My grandmother would Mm -hmm. record Mm -hmm. TV shows for me on VHS tape and send me huge boxes of the Golden Girls and Designing Women and yeah. all these TV shows. <laughs> and then for the rest of the year, I would just watch them over and over and over again. So in my room uh, growing up, you know, it was like a picture of Aretha Franklin and Pat yeah, Bell, yeah. the cast of 227, and a fake autographed <laughs> poster of the Golden yeah. Girls that I autographed to myself. <laughs> and and who knew that later in life you would do an ode to St. Olaf in exactly. your music? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it was, if you went back into a time machine, you'd be like, that little homo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to do a, do a tribute to St. Olaf. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I know, that alone, the fact that you had an autographed picture, fake or not fake, of the Golden Girls, yeah, that's that's homorific is what that homorific. is. Homorific, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, I know that, you know, if you look at the gay gene under a microscope, it's just four little genes eating cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so what was, when did you come out or when did you have that awakening and you knew you were, you know, a big gay man? 
Um, well, I think it definitely was bubbling up through high school, but mm-hmm. going to school in Egypt was not really the most welcoming place. I yeah. think, uh, you <laughs> know, crazy. the only, again, the, again, with Golden Girls, the only gay person I saw on TV or saw anywhere was Blanche's gay brother and the right. Golden Girls and right. or my closeted choir teacher. And that was not really anyone that, uh, made me be like, yeah, gay, awesome. Right, right. So it wasn't until I went back to uh, the States and to theater school at Boston University, which was like homorific, where I didn't even have yeah. to come out. Everyone just assumed I was gay. So yeah, right, right. It was kind of easy. Yeah, By t- the time I come out to myself, everyone was like, we knew. We knew sure. already, okay? Yeah, they took the struggle right out. Which is amazing. Yeah, then, um, and then when I moved to New York is mm-hmm. when I really came into myself and started mm-hmm. to... Uh, started to, you know, become, sort of have all the influences that, you know, made me the artist that I am today with going to night, going to nightclubs and meeting people and, you know, having a boyfriend for the first time. I mean, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff right. is the most important thing because we don't get to date as teenagers, at least right. and now, you know, now they do. But, I mean, it's the kind of validation you don't get until you're like, wow, I'm worthy of someone's love and lust and whatever. And when you don't have that, uh, I don't think you're fully yourself yet. So it's great that these days these little kids are doing it earlier and earlier. And <laughs> yeah, little yeah. boyfriends at 13 and 14, they, they lead to better self-esteem for the future generations, hopefully. And did you think, you know, you say you moved back. You went to uh, Boston U- University there to study acting. Um, was that, how awakening was that? I mean, when did the seeds of, you know what, I'm I'm going to be an entertainer, uh, when did you stumble across that life? Oh, I mean, that was from, like, forever. I've, I've been, like, when I was in, like, in fifth and sixth grade, I was, like, making little sitcom shows, sitcom, like, pay, pretend uh, on my VHS videotape uh, with yeah. my friends. Like, <laughs> then I would make my English teacher play them in class, and I would make them for extra credit. <laughs> They all had terrible basic concepts. I was obsessed with sitcoms. And, like, one of the sitcoms that I, I made my friends and act was called Grin and Barrett. It was about a hillbilly family called the Barretts. who's yeah. a sassy exchange student from Australia. He's a rock and roll named Roger Grin. And it was called Grin and Barrett. That's actually kind of brilliant. I'm not going to lie. That's hilarious. Why isn't that a, uh, why isn't like that a, a real sitcom? I, wore, I think I wore my purple punk rock wig, and I was like, hello, hello. Yeah. I have no concept of what that meant, but I thought that sounded like a sassy and, sitcom. And this was in Egypt, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and at that same time, I also wrote, I was obsessed with Lucille Ball and uh, I Love Lucy oh God. and Life with Lucy, and I wrote sure, her a sure. letter with a concept for her new for a new sitcom for her. I think this was when I was in seventh grade. Yeah. I wrote her a letter as if I was a real Hollywood executive, being like, I think Miss Ball would enjoy the new sitcom called Lucille. <laughs> and she actually wrote me back, which became like the most amazing thing that wow. ever happened in my life. Wow. And then uh, it, I brought it to school. I show, it was basically her being like, nice try, kid. Right. Yeah, exactly. but it was very, very sweet <laughs> and made me be like, this is it. This is it for me, me and Lucille. Yeah. <laughs> You're going places. Well, I yeah. think that's amazing. That's where it started that career, Lucille. She got you know, here. You also yeah. you what really took off for you was you you created this character called the gay pimp. And if you if you read articles and things, you you say that it started with kind of it was a reaction to Eminem. Can you kind of flesh out how the gay pimp came came to existence? 
I when I first moved to New York, you know, I was doing a regular actor thing, and then I uh, I got bored just waiting around for people to uh, give you a part or you know do something for you. So I started performing one man shows, and in in the process of trying to promote that, I discovered this little theater on the Lower East Side called Surf Reality, and had this Sunday night open mic that was full of comedians, poets, strippers, fire breathers. It was like the most eclectic place ever. Um, and I started to perform characters there and get tons of attention from that crowd and validation. Mm-hmm. And we started performing these midnight musicals there called Grindhouse to Go-Go, um, which I sort of eventually kind of, the shows got bigger and bigger, and I started taking more and more control of them. During that time was right when Eminem had come out with his first record mm-hmm. and was mm-hmm. kind of throwing the F word around not and not F-U-C, you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> right, yeah. F-A-G word. Um, and uh, I remember watching the media's reaction to it and being shocked that people weren't really outraged by it. Even the ladies on The View were like, mm-hmm. well, he's a little controversial, but we really enjoy him. <laughs> I'd be like, this is, this is terrible. This yeah. is terrible. <laughs> I remember they, they were yeah. protesting at the Grammys that year, but they made them protest across the street. And I was like, this mm-hmm. is not, we can't do this. The only way to protest is to write a musical, and performed it on the Lower East Side at midnight. Yeah. So I wrote this musical called The Wrong Fag to F With, mm-hmm. and um, it was the gay pimp versus Eminem, and it was it, it was with the gay pimp as the, the show opened with this little character, Timmy, hearing this Eminem song that was all about bashing homos and feeling sad, and then the, the voiceover said, and now the new single from the gay pimp, and it was the wrong fag to ask with, and the lights came up on me, and it was like, you picked the wrong fag this way. like, <laughs> better. <laughs> and then the show flashed to the MTV Video Music Awards, where gay pimp was like this pop star, and Eminem yeah. was there, and yeah. there was all these different characters. And that show became kind of a hit on the Lower East Side and got us a lot of press. And I started to perform the songs that from the show, as gay pimp around New York at, t- at little tiny clubs, but I would bring tons of drag queens and go-go boys dressed in soccer uniforms, and we were it was during the sort of Britney in sync hugeness. So sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. With that. So we were doing these big MTV Video Music Awards style performances at these tiny venues, and uh, that was kind of how that started. Eventually, a Broadway producer saw one of the shows and was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, what? I think I want to make a video. Yeah. And that was before YouTube. So we really had no idea of what it would be. I just was kind of satisfying a creative desire. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh, we made it, shot it, and suddenly it became a sensation. And I didn't even really understand it because now we have a concept for that kind of thing. We know you can right. make a video that goes on YouTube, has right. millions of views, and you become famous. Uh Soccer Practice, which was the the song that we did the video for, became famous in video bars around the state. So I was sitting broke in my Harlem apartment, not really understanding that I was a superstar all around the country <laughs> until they started playing it on MTV Europe and Asia. And then I was like, I think this is working. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it hasn't really stopped for you. I mean, the gay pimp has gone on to record quite a lot. And I'm not going to lie, I love the videos you shoot, so I'll be flying in to yeah, be part please, of that. Please don't <laughs> stop, in fact. We will appreciate that. Yeah. Do well, you... you know, it's, um, it's something that's always been really fun and mm. uh, a great outlet for my creativity and a fun way to pretend to play pop star, you know, sometimes right. I really enjoy it. 
Right, absolutely. So it's interesting to hear the story behind the gay pimp and how that started. Um, another one of your really big successes is the Big Gay Sketch Show. Yeah, That's it. amazing, and a lot of people love it, and great people on there. Uh, your friend Stephen Garino, we've talked to him before. He's uh-huh. a a He's fantastic great. guy, yeah. So, how was your experience with you know Big Gay Sketch Show? How did you get on that? How what was what was the story behind there? I know there's going to be a fantastic one. Well, the producers um, mm-hmm. had had contacted me when right before they were doing auditions, and I think actually one, I was throwing parties in New York, kind of as my day job, my nighttime right. day job. I would throw sort of stripper parties in New York on Friday and Saturday nights, and one of the producers came through the party and came, like, behind the little go-go curtain to find me, like, on my phone, surrounded by changing strippers. I was like, Johnny? I was like, yeah, that's me. Like, hi, we're, we have a show we're really interested in having you audition for. I was like, all right, move over, naked guy. Yeah. Move over, y'all. You can talk to this person. Um, so even with that auspicious start, they brought me in uh, – to audition, and um, I think I auditioned like three or four times, mm-hmm. uh, eventually auditioning for Rosie. Right. And then we uh, we just started it, and it was it was a really, it was a fun experience, and, and it was a, a strange experience because we would only shoot that show two months out of a year. Oh, so wow. they would write for a month, and we shot the whole series for that year in a month. So you'd have a month of being like, I am a TV star. Yeah. I don't know how to tie my shoes. <laughs> like, people would literally be tying your shoes, doing everything for you. And then a month later, you'd be like, what? hey, am I going to tie my shoes anymore? Excuse me. No. Because Logo was on such a tight budget, they would you know, we'd shoot a show, and then it would sit in the can for a year because mm-hmm. it was from next year's budget. So. Sure. We were all still hustling and still trying to make things happen while that was happening. But I met a lot of great people on the show and um, became really close friends with Julie Goldman. I was going to yeah. say, you still work with together. Julie Goldman. I know. Yeah, totally. We do. She started becoming part of my podcast when I moved to New York. She's and, hilarious. Uh, she's definitely one of my super besties. See, I, and I love, so, you know, notoriously, we made fools of ourselves on this show and did a little lip sync to uh, Gayest of All Time. But I love when... <laughs> oh, yes, you did. <laughs> it, was, it was fun, though. But nothing, it was a blast. Yeah. Absolutely. I thought you guys were adorable. I tweeted uh, it out. I yeah, know you were so thank nice Thank you for that. That was amazing. Thank you for doing that. I do want to say, you know, I was, I loved seeing, and it's a fan thing, I know. You know, I was a huge fan of Big Gay Sketch Show. In my opinion, it should have just went on for years and years. Um, you all were so talented and so funny. But it's, what was fun as a fan is to watch the video for Gayest of All Time and Julie Goldman pop up, you know, and you just get yeah, all you know, a- We shot that video at an amazing weekend that we did. We did, you know, I've been doing the the, uh, Gay Penfin slash Gayest of All Time podcast for Mm -hmm. only nine years now. So about a year ago, year and a half ago now, we we did a weekend at this tiny little gay resort in Florida where I Mm -hmm. brought all the cast of the podcast from New York, all the cast of the podcast from L.A., and um, we... Uh, offered tickets to all of our biggest fans who flew in, and we did an entire weekend where we did shows and we did performances and all the, all the stuff, all the drag queens mm-hmm. and people that we had talked about on the show for all those years. They finally got to see them live, do all these shows, and interact with them. And that we had scheduled so many things for the weekend, and the last thing we scheduled was a video shoot for the gayest of all time. And I thought we're in Florida, we'll be by the pool. Everyone will be sexy. 
Well, last Sunday, after a beautiful weekend, it was rainy, cold, and wet. And I was of like, course. we still have to shoot the video. <laughs> so we were like, well, shoot it in the club. I ran to the club because it was a little resort with like a nightclub and another little mm-hmm. area, another little area. Ran in the nightclub. They're like, no, it's the bare line dancing. You can't go in there. Oh, so oh wow. We end up in this tiny little yeah. long room. And I have my uh, director of photography with me. And I said, look, we have this tiny space. I want you to make it look good for the video. So that video was shot on a tiny square with the pink lights that we brought, and it's full of all of the fans who are, like, the biggest podcast fans, plus all the people who have been part of the podcast singing a song that was generated on the podcast. So that was a a really special video because it includes all of the biggest fans of the show as well as all of my super closest friends and collaborators. Well, I've got to tell you, the uh, energy and that kind of uh, chemistry shows in that video because you cannot watch it or listen to that song without just being pumped up, you know, being excited. Well, I love that song because it's a, you know, I love a, I love a gay pride anthem. When I first played it for Erica <laughs> yeah. Toravia, yeah. she was like, I'm going to cry. It's a song. I love it. It kind of gives you a, it's like a throw your hands in the air gay pride anthem. And that's, uh, oh, yeah, it so I is. I look forward to singing every summer when I yeah. go perform at gay pride. Well, obviously it made us dance. Yeah, we threw our hands up in the Horribly, air. Horribly, but we <laughs> danced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. We, we, we take pride in that. Um, so this this video was made with um, people from the podcast. But you, you have like 50 podcasts. You ha- yeah, you have so many. What's Nine years. What is What is the story with that? What's the deal with the podcast? Well, you know, um, after uh, soccer practice mm-hmm. and uh, that whole thing, I ended up, my, I, I parted ways with the manager at the time, but I was still, uh, you know, I still had what I always like to keep in my life with one of my best friends slash nerds in your pocket. You always got to have <laughs> a nerd in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they know what's the future. Yes. So we, uh, he was like, I think you should look into podcasting. Is it? And he was like, I think this is what you should do next. You have all your fans know you from the internet. Yeah. And this is where you should go. And this was like 2000, the end of 2004, um, maybe beginning of 2005. Anyway, uh, we went to, we decided we were going to do it. And uh, originally it was going to just be me just doing it sort of like a like a solo radio style. But I was hanging out with one of my best friends who's the drag queen, Linda James. Oh, and yeah. we were having lots of fun and making music together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were, I was like, you know, the kind of conversations we're having now when we're recording and in the studio, you know, I think they'll be fun. We were reading lots of tabloids and talking smack about celebrities. So we thought the combination of me and Linda James and Martine, who's on my mm-hmm. nerd in my pocket and a straight married guy would be a great combination. And, uh, it, it turned. We found a tiny little studio in Brooklyn, which actually was where I recorded the first demos of soccer practice. Mm-hmm. The kind of place where if you spilled something on the floor, the guy who would run the studio just said, let it lie, man. <laughs> um, and we started doing the podcast and kind of just inventing the formula. And it ended up being one of the most rewarding things I've ever done because it not only became like a, a diary for me, because I've literally done the show every week for nine years mm-hmm. wow. but i was able to sort of capture some of the most amazing nightlife personalities and drag queens and just regular queens and people who might have just whose stories and the stories that they had to tell might have just disappeared into the ether but because of the podcast they're they're there and sure uh, yeah there's been so much creative stuff that came out of the podcast albums and music and um it continues and it was also a great 
a great way. I, I got the most fan response from that kind of thing because a lot of, you know, gay people who are in places where they're not living in the gay bubble like I was in New York mm-hmm. um, were able to feel, you know, sort of some of that super gay energy and, and get and get a little and feed off of that and take it and put it in their own lives. I got a lot of response from young younger gays who listened. It was like that podcast helped me come out of the closet, helped right. me find mm-hmm. myself, helped me feel good about myself. So that's extremely rewarding. And it's also really fun that I can look back if I if I don't remember jokes or I need material, I can just go back and listen to old podcasts. Right, yeah. I mean, nine years ago. I'm going to use that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and you mentioned just regular queens. So, you know, you don't have to pull our leg. We'll we'll come on and do your show. It's okay. Sure, sure. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Now, how many podcasts do you have going right now? Well, what I'm doing, I I just have the gay, it was originally called Gay Tempo with Johnny Mm McGovern, but then I kind of rebranded it uh, about a year ago, Gayest of All Times, along with my blog. Um, And then my biggest focus right now is actually a a web series called Hey Queen, which is uh, an interview talk show. And uh, it's kind of taking the energy of the podcast, but doing it in a, a, you know, a, a high quality, high, you know, production value situation i have a great production partner called the stream.tv who said i could basically do whatever i want mm-hmm. so yeah. uh we have a set and we were able to bring a lot of the a lot of the lgbt artists mm-hmm. and stars who don't have another place to, uh mm-hmm. you know to sit mm-hmm. down like you would on the tonight show or wherever else like right. you, you know we get to hear those stories and those experiences i mean for example like the rupaul's drag race girls those are huge stars in our community. Yes, People are exactly. Obsessed with them, but you can't really find too many interviews on camera with them that aren't mm-hmm. like just filmed backstage at That's a true, Pride yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. This is a place where I can really get into it. Or someone like Peaches Price or Jake Shears from Scissor Sisters or RuPaul was on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a place where I can really get into uh, get into it, as I like to call it. Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> Well, it is it is the Gay Tonight Show, and it is very entertaining. Anybody listening out there, if you have a chance, go check out Hey Queen with Johnny McGovern, because it is nothing less than entertaining. It's fantastic. <laughs> we were watching it before the show, and it was uh, the one with Michelle Visage, and it was fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah, it was. Fan-freaking-tastic. Oh, thank you. I've yeah. really been having so much fun doing it, and um, you know, I've been doing a lot of stand-up comedy over the last couple of years, Oh yeah? I wanted to... Yeah find a new way to kind of have a place where I could do that where people would really see it. Because, you know, a lot of times when you're performing stand-up, you're doing it for, you know, 30 to 50 Mm -hmm. people at a tiny club. So Hey Queen allows me not only to talk to people that I'm interested in, but to start every show with some of my comedy and have a way to get it out there. Exactly. Now, anything, so you're continuing with Hey Queen, obviously it continues to garner more and more fans. Anything... uh, that you want us to know about that you're doing? Like, maybe you have a performance in Spokane we didn't know about? <laughs> I mean, I, would, I wish that I did. You need to talk to somebody in Spokane. Oh, it's happening. Them. I'm looking for a lumberjack-style husband, so oh. <laughs> get, me, get me a show out there. I will 
I will hook you up. Yeah. So <laughs> who have you? It's spoke. We've got lots of lumberjacks. We got lots gay boys. of them lined up. Actually. That's what I heard. I need mm. a big, muscly, hairy-shouldered lumberjack. Oh, that is brilliant. <laughs> That's fantastic. You definitely have the... So I'll come in and hang out in the back of one of your video shoots because you have plenty of husband material for me in your video shoots. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, they're all they're all pretty good. I am surrounded by lots of sexy gentlemen all the time. Yeah, all yes, the you, time you and are. mostly naked, too, I, right. <laughs> a little bit. We appreciate it. Uh, by, by design, by design, yeah. <laughs> by design. Now, Johnny, it's, you know, your persona is really larger than life and hilarious and i know you know anybody who's in who thinks about it or is in media at all knows that that is only a part of you how do you stay like grounded and connected um you know away from that the gay pimp that huge life that he has um you know that's all i mean obviously part of that is my personality because, mm-hmm. right you know, it doesn't come from nowhere <laughs> right and i just enjoy enjoy being surrounded by strippers and sexy gentlemen, yes. and uh, you know, I like being as in your face with my gayness as I possibly could be. And I do live in a beautiful rainbow-colored gay bubble. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. You yeah, know, it's like it's like. Uh, but on the other hand, I'm, uh, I'm you know someone who's a really good friend, and I'm really close to my family. I'm actually in Arizona right now. Uh, celebrating my grandmother's 100th birthday so mm-hmm. i come out wow. to take care of my my parents and grandmother every wow. once a month from la and wow. um really close with the people that i'm really friends with i really care about and spend a lot of time with so you know when you're when you're with i work with all my friends so you know they none of us have time for bs so you know we all keep it extremely real with each other plus after being in the public eye uh, especially on the internet for so long, no one lets you really get away with too much. No, <laughs> no. never need to be brought down. Scroll down to the comments. Yeah. And they'll, <laughs> okay, they'll that's bring so you back true. To Earth, honey, they'll let you remember <laughs> yeah. Yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Did you and, just lose thirty pounds, or they just thought you gained ten. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and you? I think for the last round of videos I did, yeah. I did three months of intensive three-hour day workouts. Oh. I lost like thirty pounds. And someone in one of the videos is like, looks like someone gained the freshman 15. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's one of those things where uh, now I can let everything roll off my back. There was right. a, a lot sure. of years yeah. where that kind of thing affected me. But uh, you have to just kind of just, in today's universe mm. of Twitter and Facebook and right. everyone commenting, you know, you just have to get used to it. But then I can look, you know, I was just looking at Madonna's new album and I looked down at the reviews and they were like, She's back. She's amazing. She's the worst. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Everybody's got an opinion. Yes, they do. And they love to be extreme. I have Mm -hmm. to just believe in my work and my art because that's really what it is. It's about creating things that I find interesting Mm -hmm. that I I think my fans will like and not being worried about the rest. I agree. And, you know, you're, you're doing amazing for those of us who are huge fans. I mean... You can do no wrong. Before we wrap up this interview, I just want to ask what I try to ask anybody who is, uh, you know, has celebrity of some note. Talking to the younger generation, the ones that have aspirations to be up on the stage to sing, they're the, the young, shy, gay person. Do you have any words of advice for that person listening? Um. Well, I mean, I think it's really about you know, these days everybody wants to get famous right away. 
but that's not always the greatest gift to yourself. Preparation is the best thing. It's really about uh, it's about finding who you are and really honing your craft and your art and figuring out your voice. Because once you make your you only make your debut one time. Mm-hmm. You only have the fresh eyes of the world on you one time. And I remember being in college and like literally waking up in cold sweats, being like, why did I sing this yet? Why did I sing this? <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I finally did become famous in mm-hmm. quotes, you know, that was my one moment. And it's very brief that your first moment to introduce yourself to the world. And then the work really begins. Even yeah. if you make a big splash the first time, there's a million other people making a million other splashes, and you have to continue to persevere, reinvent, rebrand to keep moving forward. And mm-hmm. it's not always easy, but if you really believe in what you're doing, um, you can keep it going. So exactly. I, I, I think it's really about finding your voice and staying true to yourself and not don't jump the gun. Like, right. don't, don't audition for RuPaul's Drag Race when you're 22 or <laughs> yeah. or if you're not prepared, honey, because they will rip you to shreds. Yes, yeah, they will. Yeah. That's and do it because you advice. love it, not, you know, not for any other reason, and you'll mm-hmm. be just fine. I love that. Um, thank you for the advice, and thank you for having this interview, um, calling in and talking to us. Before we let you go, uh, we do this thing that we ask all of our celebrity guests to say, and it's saying your name so saying this is johnny mcgovern and you are listening to outspoken um, do you think you could do that and okay. we always ask it on the air so it's harder to tell us no exactly <laughs> pressure's on okay sure sure no hell no see you later <laughs> fool <laughs> Love <Childhood>. it. <laughs> um <laughs> we need all of that in there as well yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> This is your Jay Pimp Daddy, Johnny McGovern, and you are listening to Outspoken. Hey, Quine. Johnny it. McGovern, it, is, it has been like a dream to actually be able to talk to you. Thank you so much for getting us in your busy schedule today on this Sunday. My pleasure, and thank you guys for being fans and caring about the work. It really does make a difference, and when I am like, what am I going to do next? People like you that make a, make a difference for uh Keeping my ass going, keeping my gainness <laughs> flowing. So thank you, baby. Thank you. You have a uh, wonderful day, perfect. Johnny. We will we will stalk you in the future. We'll be following you right, everywhere. Guys, happy New Year. Gay Pimp Daddy loves you. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. And that was the gay pimp. The gay pimp, Johnny McGovern. I've been in love with him for years, and so that was a whole lot of fun to talk to him. So. And what a big personality. Huge. That Fantastic, fantastic. I, like, I need I him want... to talk to me in the gay Barry White voice. Oh, yeah. that was Wow, it's like rich molasses flowing. Oh, see you. I'm on Good it today. Little sassy, but we're going to take a quick break, come back and wrap up the last two hours we are. of Outspoken. We're going to actually tone it down just a touch with uh, Ingrid Michelson's Be Okay. You will be okay because Ingrid Michelson told you so right and i love that song i know isn't it a fantastic song i just yes. love her i just love her i need her to sing things to <laughs> right me maybe right i have In i have like a list way. of artists i would like to just send me personal messages because <laughs> it's all about me and johnny mcgovern is on that list and he was <laughs> also yes, he on was. our show wow I that was a great interview he you know we were talking morgan stuck around because morgan is a fan of yeah Johnny. Johnny McGovern. He wasn't on the mics, but he was in here with studio uh, in the studio with us the whole time. And he, even he, we had a brief talk while that song was going. Yeah. And he, even he said, you know what was amazing, is that he's very down to earth. 
He's a you know Absolutely. he's a deep guy, and not that we don't love the big Johnny McGovern. And Johnny, you know, no doubt mm, is right. Yeah. That's a part of his personality. Right. But there's so, so much more. So much. Yeah, exactly. It's not just the big high queen personality, right. Which but is it hilarious. is hilarious. It's yeah. it's crazy because that is, but it's also not just that. I love how shocked Ugh. people still get, including myself. Oh, they're a well-rounded human being. What? <laughs> Well, that doesn't seem right at all. I mean, it's like RuPaul says, you realize at a certain point that the whole this whole media thing is just a facade and you have to have something to keep you real. Yeah. Well, and even he said you get that exactly. moment to to shine as uh, hundreds and thousands of other people right. do. Now, what are you going to do with it? Exactly. There better be some meat to it. And I like yeah. it that he, you know, it came out of a need to be an artist. Yep. And to protest something he didn't understand, the Eminem mm-hmm. thing. And that's really how it all began. And I really feel, talking to him, he just, he you said it uh, in the break. He yeah. does him. He does he just, him. Johnny yeah. does Johnny. And that's just, you know, and that's how it is. Beautiful. And beautiful. And that was his whole message, I, I think. I mean, he said, you have to know who you are before any of the fame happens, before mm-hmm. any anything happens in your life. You have to straight stay straight. Stay true to you. Yes. Sometimes yeah. words are hard, but stay true to you. <laughs> talk show, they're hard. I know. Well, you harder, know, actually. exactly harder. And for me, with the bilingual thing, it's just, it's know, just a right? crazy mess in my All brain. Sometimes you just start speaking Russian. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. If I ever do that, just slap but you're me. You're right. You have to. Yeah. Know stay true to who, who you are before you can show people who you are. Shakespeare, to thine own self be true. Uh, Perfect. Listen, there you go. Look, the boys get deep, too. Wow. That is insane. I, I will say he also it's... said something else that is fascinating, mm-hmm. which is you also have to be willing to change. You have to be willing yes. to adjust as you go. I mean, it's the difference between staying around for a year and staying mm-hmm. around for 20 right. um, that you listen. You know, notoriously, we've said on the show from way back a year ago, um, always saying we need to listen to what the show wants to be mm-hmm. and then decide if that's where we want to go with it. Because it will tell you what you need. So you exactly. learn to. But he, he, Your experience he, he will ain't take kidding. you. People will give you opinions. Yeah. <laughs> and they will bring <laughs> I, you I down love. I love the, I just lost 30 pounds. Did you just get 15? Right. Okay. Yeah, the fresh fit 15. Yeah. And you're like, I just worked my rear end <laughs> yeah. off. So everybody's kind of have an opinion. But in the that's, end. That's very true. Yeah. Um, it's about. It's about how you feel you are i mean it's really about how you feel it's like when it's like when you go and do the exercise it's like when you go and do the changing of your body it's not how you look it should be how you feel well and you realize very quickly if if you do it for what other people are going to say about you it's gonna be rough oh yeah you're never gonna be perfect how you feel Mm -hmm. yeah exactly it's the only way when you step on that scale and it feels good to see that anything has gone down yeah Plus, it's the easiest way for me to quit exercising if I'm doing it, trying to do it for people to say, you look fabulous. You know, a month later, I'm going to lose interest and I'm going to move on. Exactly. But if it's for a deeper reason, they they call it the big why. If whatever you're doing, you have Mm -hmm. the big why of why. That big why is what keeps you on that uh, road. Exactly. You need the bottom level that... That really takes you there. Your your own motivation. Because motivation is hard. Motivation is, is a kind of a but a it motivation is. is a but yeah um and so you really just have to find the real true reason for what you're doing right there are times i'll be sitting on my couch yeah the last thing i want to do mm-hmm. i don't have any desire to go to the gym at yeah. all i'm just like no i'm just gonna stay here and i remember always telling myself okay it's the moments yes that i don't want to do it the most that i need to get in the car and go and go just you make know? yourself mm-hmm. i admit sometimes those workouts are the hardest that 40 minutes on the yeah. elliptical 
feels like three hours. Yeah. But you do it, do it, do it, do it. Because eventually, and then there's the days where it feels amazing. Yeah, but exactly. It's like a relationship goes up and, and down, down, up and, and down, and everywhere. Well, in the end, I mean, even after the really bad days, afterwards, you know, you feel a little bit good because mm-hmm. you made yourself do it. It's exactly. that little piece of you that said, you know, I already know how it feels to fail, but today I know mm-hmm. how it feels to succeed. But, you know, if you listen to Oprah, there's no such thing as failure. No such thing so, as failure. Yeah. Actually, if you listen to a lot of wise people, that's true. It is. And yeah. it's the hardest thing to accept. Right, yeah. But there's no such thing as failure. It's, no, we're... Yeah. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're just going to throw it all out We're at you. all over mm-hmm. the board. I will say, yeah. this has actually been a... Fantastic for show. Me, had a fun show. Yeah, absolutely right? just amazing um prep prep talk was a needed so good. conversation that i think needs to oh, yeah and like we said in that conversation it is a little piece of a gigantic conversation, Huge conversation. it's an mm-hmm. important piece yeah. we don't know a lot about prep right now very few people know a lot mm-hmm. spokane um you know there's not i think there's maybe a couple of doctors yeah. currently yeah um that so you are aware you're battling a prejudice mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. may not even have anything to do with sexuality. It has to do with maybe moral, moralizing yeah. a drug. Yeah. There's a lot of things, and we always fear what we don't quite understand. Always, all the time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a big conversation. But overall, any time you talk about anything that even has a little component that has to mm-hmm. do with sex, yeah, it's a bigger conversation. It's a huge conversation. And, I mean, we're looking at schools in in the South that aren't even teaching condoms or no. safe sex because they it's a, it's against their morals it's because there you are, shouldn't have sex there are eight states where you're not allowed to mention homosexuals in sex ed class right they are on the books in those eight states this are is lambda yeah. legal is currently that's one of their big projects mm-hmm. to go to each of those states and get those struck down but yeah. the fact that there are still texas surprising it's one of them it is yeah um there are still states where you can't even speak about homosexuality in a positive light mm-hmm. because they feel it's promoting a bad my least promoting. favorite word promoting a yeah. bad lifestyle. Right. It's right. not it's my life. Yeah. Just let's not just a cut lifestyle. it off. The fact that that's still mm-hmm. going on this is a conversation that needs to be had, but I have believed it and we've talked about it many times. Sex. Yeah. Is a conversation we don't have. No, not nearly enough. No, and especially not, not in enough. our society because we judge so harshly. Right, right. Based on sexuality, based on sex, based on things mm-hmm. that what we should be doing, in my opinion, is teaching and helping to grow people. Right that are responsible human beings and that we trust to make their own decisions. Exactly. And that we don't say, if you choose to go have sex with more than one partner, have sex before you're married, all of these things, if you choose Mm -hmm. that, you're a bad person. I think we Uh, need to remove that opinion because it's it's not constructive and it's not a good opinion. And it doesn't matter. What you believe right. of me is none of my business well, and <laughs> none of yours. Not Exactly, yeah. We can separate here. And I think that whatever you believe, even if it is sex before marriage or not mm-hmm. sex before marriage, um, if you believe in abstinence or, you know, just going and doing it, I think in any case your belief, you should talk about it. Yeah. Even if that means you can't have sex until marriage, right. talk about that. Because Still in the end, talk it about should sex. be your decision as an adult. Exactly. And what I believe about it yeah. or you believe about it, it's, it doesn't matter because this is about right. your life. We need to start learning. I mean, it goes back to voting and everything. We need to start learning how to make educated decisions mm-hmm. for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely we do. It's It's about the... 
it's it's really about you know learning and knowing what to do and what to believe. Yeah. You know, the education right there that's giving you all your options for who you are and who you can right. be. And aren't isn't options where it should be? You know, we talked yeah. briefly in that panel about it's sad that I mean we still aren't past the condoms in school conversation that started yeah. decades ago. We are still in that still file. There. So now we're going to add another thing to it. Here's the thing. Whether your kid, you either believe you mm-hmm. raised your kids the way you mm-hmm. wanted to raise them, but in the end, I would rather have them safe no matter what their choices are. Oh, yeah. So I want to give them the oh, safe yeah. options, period, oh, yeah. because I don't want to have to have that other conversation because they weren't safe. Yeah. And now they have to tell me that they're exactly. positive, that exactly. you know, any number of STDs or STIs. Yeah. Um, that they have, we need to remember right. that part. I, would I care s- enough about them for that. Absolutely. I would so much rather have the conversation about, you know, condoms and safe sex versus mm-hmm. then pregnant versus then HIV versus then all the of these things. And if you want to have the conversation and say, you know, I really think it needs to be about love. I think it needs to be about exactly. this. But I want you to have all of your cause information. All I'm saying is yeah. hormones have a mind of their own. They do. They come with a nice little haze. Yeah. You know? And let's not make that mistake become a huge life mistake. Right. So, anyways, fascinating. And then we got to go into hour two and talk to the amazing Johnny McGovern. Just overall, Mm -hmm. and he's funny, and he had some good things to say. he's super deep and grounded, yes. So, what a good show. I know, absolutely. So, right before we uh, sign off here, we're going to take one last quick song break. And this is a song that keeps me grounded. This is a song that when I'm feeling either bad or, um, you know, kind of in a weird mood, it's the one that makes me feel, no, wait. I'm just a really small speck of dust on this really small speck of earth in the big space. And it's called Stars by Switchfoot. You are listening to Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Outspoken. And I didn't mess it up that time. Yeah, you did. You, you missed KYRS. Did I? You are listening to Medical <laughs> Yet Lake? Again, said, we were oh. listening to Medical Lake. I love it. Dang but, it. you know. I, I'll get it. And yeah. the thing is, I've never had a problem with it until today for some reason. <laughs> I know. It's funny. I think it's Kurt. <laughs> we we blame the schmear. I will them. say, if you have just tuned in, it is the last five minutes of mm-hmm. Outspoken. We've had a great show. We had on the panel talking about uh, prep, just community, gay mm-hmm. guys yeah. sitting around talking about prep. prep. And then second hour, we had on the great Johnny McGovern. If you don't know Johnny McGovern, first of all, you're crazy. And second of all, look him up right yeah. now. Look him up because he's hilarious. Hilarious. Yes. Yeah. So we love Johnny McGovern. So glad that he took time. To, to be honest, and what an amazing morning. man who's not only full of personality but also humble. We've talked about this, and this is it's always a, shocking. It, to it us. comes back. It, it is. comes back because yeah. we've we've talked to them all that, and they run the gamut. And so it's exactly. nice to, to meet someone like right. that who is still very grounded, down exactly. to earth, taking care of his grandma, hundred years old. I know, and amazing. his parents. So um, next week coming up, we do have oh. Blaine Stum back. Uh, yeah. He was on our panel today, but he'll be black back to <laughs> not black back to talk about the HRC, the Human Rights Commission. Which is Spokane. Uh, yeah, in Spokane. To and help he... to address human rights issues within mm-hmm. the Spokane area. Exactly. He's newly appointed this year. He's the new January, chairman. January, the new chairman of the Which Human Rights exciting, Commission. Which is exciting. We're going to talk to him a little bit about what's going on in the city, mm-hmm. what they look at, um, how they are policing that the human rights are being yeah. respected and needed. Um, notoriously, uh, or of note, in um, May of last year, mm-hmm. they made sure to be more specific in their definition of transgender to allow no question of the of yes. the rights and the protections that our transgender citizens mm-hmm. fellow citizens have in this county because there have been some people who maybe 
uh, interpreted it not the right yes, way. Yes, exactly. So they are there actually to do good things. Government, we all have interesting opinions about government, but that's mm-hmm. one of the things. He talked to us about prep and what. He did. You know, you asked him, what about what government what can, we can do? do? Yeah, what can we do to continue? So if you have questions for the new chair of the Human mm-hmm. Rights Commission, please email us. You can you can email producer at hotmesssunday.com, and the Schmear will get those questions over to us for the show. Something else to remember, we have challenged all of you. All of you. Join us for a 5K. That's right. Hashtag ready for the, letter, the number four, the 5K. If the boys can the do 5K. it. You, you can, can do, do it, it too. That's it's not right. until May. May 16th. Yeah, mark those calendars. And follow us. Facebook. Um, it's uh, Facebook slash Outspokesman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter at Outspokesman. And we also have a Instagram, Hot Mess Sunday, where we will be posting pictures, uh, status yeah. updates. We'll just, you know, let you know what, what the exactly. sitch is. And don't forget, you're doing the extra walks. Yeah. This so the week. first step last week, we asked you to add breakfast to every day, mm-hmm. add a healthy breakfast, whether it's cereal or whether it's uh, oatmeal with blueberries or yeah, protein you know, bars, healthy, anything. Just mm-hmm. every day do that. This week, walk a little more than usual, whether that's and commit. Don't go through a drive through. If you can walk into exactly. the place, walk into walk it, in. park further. Little tiny steps. Tiny, tiny. If you send your information, name, uh, email, phone number to listeners at hotmesssunday.com. Send that over. We will send you tips and email as well to stay up with the boys. The boys are doing these same things right with you. So getting ready to run for a good cause. And it's I can do a lot of things for Mm -hmm. a good cause. So I will run a 5K for you guys. But Jonathan has said it. I know, right? Always tune in to Outspoken. We love to hear from you. We want you to be part of the conversation. That's right. And stay tuned to KYRS for more amazing local and worldwide programming.